sweet of him. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. This isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Joining me now for the first in the series of Experiencer shows, I have Robin Lassiter, a member of the Experiencer group, joining me. Robin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. Thank you. No, thank you for coming on. And obviously, thank you to Jay, who we're going to be speaking to as well for, for helping arrange this with some of you folks from the Experiencer group. Obviously, uh, I, I read Ralph Blumenthal's article and it was it was fascinating. Great to see a name like Ralph picking up the subject and running with it as he has and delving into some of the aspects of UFOs, UAPs, the phenomenon that maybe some other journalists aren't com- comfortable touching on. So it's really good he's done that. And I'm glad people like yourselves are finally getting the opportunity to to have your stories told. And that's exactly what I'm looking to do as part of this podcast, Robin, is give people like yourself an opportunity to speak to an audience that may not have seen the article or may want to hear it in a different form, kind of from, from your mouth, basically. So Robin, do you want to just tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, thanks so much. Yeah, um, I'm 42 years old. I grew up in southern Colorado. Uh, I live in Colorado now. I've had, um, you know, I've had lifelong experiences that I have <laughs> also taken a lifetime to sort of understand and put into a narrative that I can uh, speak about and share with people. And uh, I am part of the experiencer group, as you said, and even being part of Ralph's article was so sort of improbable and unexpected that it's almost become part of the experience for me. Um, And yeah, I'm really glad that he did the article as well and that people are having a chance to speak about their experiences. The, The depth of what happens is so much more, I think, than people imagine. And so being able to share something that I've kept inside for so long and was eventually unable to keep inside has been uh, important for me. I'm at the beginning of this journey, so I've got some some nerves and um, may stumble through it a bit, but I'm happy to be here talking about it. No, thank you. I've I've spent 18 months doing this podcast and still stumble through it. So uh, you're in good company. Now, your your first experience, Robin, it takes you back to when you were four years old. Is that correct? It is, yes. And uh, that experience, even though I do count it as my first experience, I, I was so young and it was just part of, I had a lot of experiences as a kid and it was part of just the landscape of my childhood. And I I didn't know at that age that it wasn't just what it was like to be a human sort of, you know, so it it wasn't until, um, till later in life that I realized how unusual it was and, uh, could reflect on it in relation to all the other experiences that I had. But, um, that experience, I, I found myself awake, 
downstairs, which would have been difficult for me to get downstairs without waking up the rest of the house. We lived in a very small um, sort of creaky house. And in front of me was this insectoid being. Um, I was not afraid. And uh, I was very curious. I was sleepy. And I, I called him immediately in my mind. I just called him Ant-Man. He had sort of an exoskeleton. And um, I got the sense that he was just there to check on me. And I didn't know what to think of that or what to do with any of that. But um, I think my next memory was just being back in bed the next morning. It, was, it wasn't more remarkable than that. Although I do have a couple of other memories of, of that being uh, showing up in my life and childhood um, later on. But that was, that was the first sort of experience I had. Although throughout my whole childhood, I had out-of-body experiences regularly, which I also didn't know were unusual. <laughs> I didn't know that that's not what life was just like for people. Um, but I, I had a lot of out-of-body experiences, a lot of sort of traveling up out of the top of my house with a sort of unseen but very felt presence next to me, seeing the landscape recede. Um, and often those experiences would be accompanied by sort of traumatic end of the world dreams, which I've had my entire life as well. Sort of, I call them Armageddon dreams. And I, again, until later in my life, didn't know what, you know, how that, how that went together with everything or what to do with that. Um, my family was not religious. We didn't, I had no context for that whatsoever. Um, but it was always, you know, explosions and suffering and humanity struggling and, um, and then often sort of a regeneration happening after that. And I think that, so from my earliest experiences, I feel that I was sort of instilled with this kind of mission about the planet and this real urgency that, uh, something was going to happen and I needed to be ready for it. That's, that's been something that I felt my entire life. So that's, that's kind of what my childhood experiences were like. No, thanks for sharing that. First off, now when, when I think of, you know, dreams about the end of the world or those Armageddon dreams, I, I, I think Terminator 2, when there's right. that scene, she's in the park and is that what you're kind of getting at, you know, playground and an explosion goes off and it's fire and death and those sorts of dreams. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, actually not. Um, I always, they always seemed to sort of until later in my life, they seemed to kind of happen at a distance. I would, I could, I had a sort of high view of them, but, um, but yes, big explosions on the horizon, uh, spreading over the earth and just, um, people suffering a lot of turmoil, a lot of running, a lot of fear, that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, um, when you say you had a high view, that would potentially mean you were you were viewing it from, you, you're, given what we're talking about, like a craft, or you could be on board something looking down. Is it something that you feel was definitely a dream, or is it a possibility these were visions of something that could happen? You know, you hear about alternate timelines, or are you quite sure they were just vivid dreams? Um, I my dream world is. Uh, an incredibly rich place for me. And I'm pretty, 
I'm pretty good at telling what is sort of a normal dream and then what this, what is this other thing? And those dreams were always this, this other thing. And so I, they, they were, they've, they're incredibly real. Um, I, I guess the only thing that I can say is I do feel that I was being shown, I was being shown these images and also being given this real sense of urgency around it. And so I would, even, even young, I would wake up and just not know what to do with that. You know, I just wouldn't, but I would, I would feel like uh, there was something very important going on and nobody around me <laughs> was, was in on it or could understand or had the same feeling that I had. So, um, you know, I think later in my life, as I've sort of put this together, the idea of being shown a potentiality um, or an alternate timeline or something does make sense. But at the time, it was just more than anything, it just instilled in me this sense of mission and urgency and fear, honestly. It was, uh, I was, I, I've been, you know, most of my life pretty afraid of, you know, it's very difficult for me to be on this planet. And um, I find the suffering really difficult and I, it's very present for me and I'm very sensitive to it. And I don't know if my experiences uh, helped shape that or if that's just part of my nature. But I, I do think, I do think that my experiences sort of put me into that state of just being conscious that there's something going on here that needs to be paid attention to. And I just want to ask uh, that those first experiences with the insectoid type creature um, that you said happened many times, starting at four years old. Again, was it something you remember through your life? You've never forgotten it and then remembered it in later life that it could have been again one of these dreams because you seem to describe that as if that was a a physical event it happened you were awake you were conscious it was did it have that feeling that it definitely happened as you're awake now um the the first one especially did feel like i was awake like it happened in um <laughs> in reality although what i'll say is that so many of my experiences have happened in uh, different states of consciousness that it it honestly does blur a little bit. I've I've had experiences where you know there are beings that are in the room with me, but the room doesn't look exactly the same. You know, so so trying to to put where exactly these experiences took place is difficult. Um, that experience in particular did. I do. You know, I was four, so it's it's hard to say and memory is a funny thing but my sense of that was that it happened you know that that being was physically there that i was physically there um i do also have this memory and sense that there was some sort of light and sort of a shimmering in the air around him and you know later in life what i've what i've come to put together is that there was some sort of um a doorway or something in between realities but at the same time yeah he felt like he was there i felt like i was there in the in the quote-unquote real world yeah now when i was reading the, the article you were very candid and you talked about there were, there were years in your life where there was like alcohol is it fair to say alcohol abuse or just excessive drinking yeah um again i appreciate that's the difficult thing to talk about and you've spoke about that in the article you mentioned again there's a turbulent period in your life a lot of drama and you you were honest that you felt you were running from it 
did the experiences during this time in your life stop? Because in reading the article, I get the feeling it goes to that age of nine or 10. And then you mentioned getting sober in your early 30s and the experiences begin again. So was there a, a time during those kind of turbulent years where you weren't having those same experiences? Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's correct. I, during that time, during probably my uh, late teens until my early thirties, it was just a very, very turbulent part of my life. Yeah. And I, and I attribute it, you know, I'm just, I attribute it to being so very sensitive to everything. I just, again, found it uh, very difficult to, I didn't, I've never really understood how it works here and what everybody's doing and how I'm supposed to do it. And, um, and it, I, I feel like I just sort of was a raw nerve to the world. Everything felt very difficult and confusing for me. Uh, during that time, I had a lot of, my entire life I've had um, that sensitivity. And so the, you know, I, I continued to have very profound dreams. I've, I had prophetic dreams. I was, um, ex, you know, experimenting with all types of religion and spirituality, trying to look for some meaning. And, uh, but the, the intensity of sort of the, the non-human intelligent experiences did not happen during that time. And, and do you think there's a potential that, again, if you're, if you're, having an excess of a substance such as alcohol that that could be potentially blocking those experiences that you don't have that clear mind do you think that was part of it um i i do i absolutely think that that had something to do with it um i do think that that in addition to the substance itself and sort of the, the running and the turning away and the numbing. Another big part of that was what it seems like is that every time I just sort of stopped running and just let my health, myself have some space and let myself have some stability, uh, then unexpectedly these things would start happening again, which I always found sort of um, slightly frustrating because I would sort of just feel like I got my feet underneath me and then these experiences would start again. But I do see a correlation between, um, you know, between alcohol and other substances and running and, and sort of drama and not having the experiences and then stopping and getting some stability. And then they would come back as if they were sort of just waiting for me to be available almost. One of the experiences you talked about when they started back up again in your early 30s was that you were having, again, out-of-body experiences. There was violent shaking, um, buzzing vibrations, and, and one of them, a velvety darkness you were suspended in. And then you you talk of being a, a gateway, a pixelated gateway appeared that you felt you were drawn towards. And the language used in the article was, it was like where we go when we die. Can you talk me through that experience? That, yes, that, that was actually uh, as, as sort of terrifying as it was, that, that became a real touchstone experience for me because it was so undeniably real. You know, I could, I could kind of write off the dreams. I could kind of, you know, write off some things that had happened to me, but that experience was, um, was extraordinary. And uh, it began with, you know, I started having sleep paralysis, which I'd never had before. And I would, I would, you know, 
if anybody's have it, ever had it, they know how terrifying that is. And I had no context for it, no idea what was going on. Um, and for months I, I fought and struggled with sleep paralysis. And during that time, yeah, I would wake up, the bed would be shaking or I would, I would sort of be overtaken in sleep paralysis and then have an out of body experience and a being would take me out of my house and lots of things like this were happening. Um, but I struggled against it all the time. I really fought against the sleep paralysis because it's so terrifying when it happens. And one night it was hours and hours and hours of just this rolling. Um, you know, I would, I would force myself, my body to move. I would fall back again into the paralysis, just fighting it, fighting it. And eventually again, sort of a moment where I kind of turned towards the experience. I, I just kind of surrendered and thought to myself, what would happen if I just stopped fighting this? And it was terrifying. It was really terrifying to stop fighting it because, um, you know, it feels like death. It really does feel like something horrible is going to happen. But I sort of, you know, braced myself, stopped fighting it. And when I did that, my, my entire body began to buzz and vibrate. I was overwhelmed by that buzzing and by light I could feel myself sort of dissolving. I could feel uh, my physical body or, you know, some, some part of me kind of dissolving. And as that happened, I became really conscious of this cacophony of sound. And it was so, uh, there was a density to the sound that it's hard to describe, but it was, it was so complete. The sound and the light were so complete that I, I was, completely, um, enveloped in that. And ultimately I did find myself very conscious, very present, very awake, um, in this rich black velvety space that was not a vacuum. It was full of intelligence. It was full of, um, presence and, my body continued to dissolve. And I sort of had this sense that it was, you know, it was, it was almost like uh, carbonated bubbles, you know, that were just getting farther and farther away. And I, it, it was scary. I was, you know, cause I was, I was sort of dissolving into nothing. And, and as that was happening, um, uh, a sort of presence made itself known. Um, it felt feminine to me and, she sort of beckoned me towards this portal, towards this um, this triangular sort of shaped uh, space that was kind of pulling the little bubbles of me through it. I felt like I was being drawn into this space and it was kind of happening faster and faster. I felt like I was being sucked through into this space. And as I sort of approached it, I real, I, I, that was the thought that came to my head. You know, this, if I go through here, I will be where, we go when we die. And that terrified me. And so with all of my sort of will, I, I pushed back away from that. Um, I kind of slammed back into my body. I sat up in bed and, you know, after having just the most profound experience of my life, instead of getting up or writing about it or thinking about it, I immediately laid back down. Um, my head hit the pillow. I fell directly asleep and into a dream. And in the dream, 
I was standing near my childhood home and out of the horizon rose these four massive beings uh, made of the same light and vibration that I had just experienced. And they told me we're here when you're ready. And that was it. And it, it just profoundly changed me. There was no doubt that it was real, that it, that something had happened to me and it kind of set me on the next part of my journey. Do you think, and I don't know if this is what you were getting at anyway, when you had the the feeling of being drawn towards that light, do you think if you had succumbed or gone that way that your physical body would have died? Uh, I, I have no idea. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, um, often in my life, I've looked back on that moment and I have had moments of regret, you know, sort of, gosh, what would that have been like to go to go through there? And had I had the courage, what would I have experienced? And it's um, the, the red, the red pill or blue pill like red, moment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, uh, I, you know, I have, I, I don't that I've never been presented with that again. And so I do feel like um, it's an experience that I, that I could have had, but it was, but it was completely terrifying. It really was. And you talk about you slammed back into your body. So you're looking at if if I was in the room when that happened, do you presume that I would have seen you just lying, sleeping with, I would have had no idea that you were having this experience, that it was your, your consciousness was having the experience? Or do you think there's ever been a time that someone in the same room as you would have physically witnessed your body not being there? Um, I think that you would have seen my body laying there still. Yeah. Um, I, I have had, I've had one experience where I questioned whether my bot, my actual physical body was taken as well. Um, but that, that experiences and the other out of body experiences, um, I believe that, that it's a different body that I'm, that I'm traveling in and that my physical body was there. And why was that? What would have separated the one experience you feel your physical body may have may have gone to? You know, I I don't know. I uh, one of the characteristics of this phenomenon is that it's it makes no sense. I can't figure it out. I I can't I can't pin it down. I can't wrap my head around it. I um the 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 experience where I feel like my physical body, even if it didn't leave the room, that it it lifted uh started the same you know it started with sort of the buzzing and the light and the the sleep paralysis kind of feeling and during that experience the only difference was i looked down i was laying in bed and i sort of looked down my body and the covers were kind of tented as if i had as if my body had risen i don't uh i don't know if that's what happened i don't know it's the only time that it's ever happened it felt like that's what happened um but these realms are tricky you know you then had another experience where um i get you mentioned that you were you were drinking at that point you were suffering depression and you saw beings when you had fell and broken your ankle and that that was around is that five six years ago now uh yep that's about that's just over five years that's day i got sober um and i yeah, they, the beings that appeared as I fell were the four beings who had appeared 
this, they were the same beings. They were the light and the buzzing, the vibration. And they appeared as I fell. And it was a very slow motion moment. And um, there was a lot of compassion and care. And honestly, this, I mean, I didn't really kind of expect this to be difficult to talk about, but it is. Um, but they told me that it was this or something worse. And what I felt by that was that my life was, it was pretty out of control. It was pretty dark. I was having a really hard time. And I feel, um, it's hard to talk about, but I feel like, I feel like I was stopped. I do. I really, really feel like I was sort of stopped in my tracks. Like this needs to come to an end because it will not end well. And I have other things that I need to be doing. And so I feel like I don't feel like it was, I feel like they were involved or at least present for it. Um, and there was compassion there. So, and love. Can you think why beings would approach, and this, this starts to get to the, one of the issues many, including the mainstream especially have with the experiencer phenomena. Why you? Because there are other people who, again, have, have been in places through alcohol abuse, uh, drug abuse, or any other like sexual abuse, and they potentially, or we don't hear about them having these experiences. Why do you think you've had this through your life? Is there anything you can put your finger on with it? Um, I I have absolutely no idea. I, I don't know. The only thing that the way that I've made sense of it um, is that I fit it into my spiritual life. And I believe that it's part of my soul work. Uh, but beyond that, no, I don't know why, why, you know, I think that's a question that a lot of experiencers have. And a lot of experiencers have very, um, some of my experiences were terribly traumatic, but overall they've ended up being a positive uh, aspect of my life. But for many people, that's not the case. They continue to be traumatic. They continue to be invasive. Um, they're unwanted. And I think that's a question that a lot of experiencers ask, you know, why me? Why is this happening to me? And also, you know, very difficult to talk about um, with friends and family, very difficult to, to make sense of and an unanswerable question. You know, I don't, I don't know why that is, why some people and why not others. What is that conversation like with friends and family? How how far can it go? I have a hard enough time, like many who listen to this podcast, just talking about UFOs with everyday friends. And that's just me chatting about the subject casually, let alone having these intense life-altering experiences. What is the impact of having that conversation with your kind of nearest and dearest? Um, You know, I did, I, I over the years I did, you know, I kind of told people I would try to talk about it. Uh, no one really understood. There were times when people suggested I see a psychiatrist. You know, it. Uh, what has happened to me in the past year, because these experiences have, I've not been, I'm no longer able to bear them alone. And so what has happened is that I kind of had to face, yes, this has been my life. Yes, it's a really important part of my life. I need a way to speak about it. And as I did that, um, the, the process that I personally used was writing about it. I, I wrote all of this 
and I, I kind of wrote my life so that I could see it uh, and see how it all fit together a little bit better. And then I gave that to my, to my close family and friends to read. And they, I don't think anyone went, oh, I know what you're talking about. This is, yeah, that happened to me last week. Nobody did that. But what they did say was, we know you better now. And we know that this is real for you. This is happening. We, we don't understand it, but we, you know, I, I'm very lucky. My family is like, we love and support you. We get that it's real for you. We get that it's happening. We don't quite know what to do with it. But um, that was actually really, really wonderful for me because it let me, uh, they got, they knew me better. You know, they knew me more just by, you know, me talking about these things. Other friends, uh, it is as if I'm speaking a different language. Like they, they truly just can't receive it and that's okay. You know, I, I, I have had the experiences and I've been barely able to, <laughs> to, um, integrate them into reality. And so people who haven't had these experiences, like I understand, I understand it's tough. Has a group like the experience, a group with Jay Stewart, Karen and, and the others involved, and I'm sure there are many who, who don't come forward, but maybe are getting in touch in the background or reaching out and, and just ready to share their story. Has that been therapeutic for you as well, being able to have that group of people sharing similar experiences, if not exactly the same? Yes, beyond words, absolutely. I The experiencer group... Um, was an ex, you know was and continues to be an extraordinary experience for me because I had kept all of this inside for so long. I didn't read any. I, I read Whitley Strieber's book this year uh, after leaving it on my mantle for a really long time in terror. I could barely crack it, you know, but finally did read it. And um, but I never had any context for any of this. I never. I, I didn't have a community around it and. Being part of the experiencer group and seeing that, you know, it's it is like finding someone who speaks my native language. I I don't have to explain what an out of body experience is. I don't have to explain that these experiences take place in different states of consciousness or defend that. I don't have to say no, but that's still real. I you know, it's still something that's happening to me. Everyone knows we're all there's all there's sort of a baseline of belief there because we've all come to terms with um, at least the, you know, the personal reality of these experiences. And so um, also finding the commonalities in my story and other people's stories was shocking to me. I, I, I had always felt so alone in this and it's just been extraordinary to see and hear people uh, who've had the same things happen. And it's not, you know, the other thing about the experiencer group that I love is it is, it is for all anomalous experiences. So this, the, the times when I've, when I've experienced ghosts and hauntings and physical beings showing up in my bedroom and out of body experiences and precognition and all of these things that I've had in my life, uh, fit together finally. I didn't have to compartmentalize all of it. I was able to integrate it. And, um, you know, Jay and Stuart and Kirsten, the founders of the group, they have created a space where my, you know, the things I had sort of pushed off into the corner of my life 
and not been able to deal with have have become integrated and it's it is life-changing it was very profound for me and just wrapping up robin sorry i really appreciate your time and um, we've got karen coming on next week and we've got jay coming on as well and hopefully stuart too so nice. I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking all of them and sharing their stories is there any advice you would go back and give your younger self uh, as in the best way to deal and come to terms with these experiences growing up uh you know for me i never trusted myself and i ran a lot and I think that, you know, ultimately, would I change anything? I would not. It, this is my life and it has, all of my experiences have really fueled my personal evolution. But um, I think I would tell myself to believe in the reality of my interior world and that it is as valid, if not more valid than sort of the exterior reflection, the kind of culture where it seems like a lot of people are focused on uh, kind of external success and, and um, this internal life that I've had and I kind of put off to the side is valuable and important and trustworthy. And if someone is listening to this right now and they themselves are having or have had experiences similar to yours, they can relate, what advice would you give them? Uh, I would say to go slowly and cultivate space and safety to talk about these things if that's what you're called to do. Um, I can't recommend the experience or group highly enough. There are... Uh, literally, you know, hundreds of people there who can receive and hold a story like this. And uh, I think everybody's journey is different. But for me, it came to a point where I needed to talk about it and needed to integrate it. And finding an incredibly safe space with people who didn't push me to get it all out in one go, um, and allowed me to take the space and time I needed was was valuable. And, and for anyone who is looking for information of how to get in touch with the Experiencer Group, that information will be in the link for the podcast and description as well. That's been great speaking with you, Robin. Thank you very much for sharing your story to for, with myself and the listeners on the podcast. Thank you so much. And thank you for allowing space for experiencers to talk about their experiences personally. I really appreciate that. Anyone, anytime, more than happy to listen. Thank you. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Fuck. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little bit. 
to the game update full on meta. I can't imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz.